102.7 ESPN Studios in Austin, Texas. This is the Jeff Ward Show. Hey, welcome to our little show. Here's the way it works. I riff on stuff and you react. The phone numbers, you'll need them. 512-834-1027. That's 512-834-1027 on Twitter or X or whatever we call it this week. I'm at Jeff Ward Show. You can post your comments there. If you do post comments, please don't suck. Get to the point. Make the show better if you can. That's at Jeff Ward Show. Uh, Check out the podcast. Subscribe to it. We drop a podcast every afternoon. You can get the Jeff Ward Show podcast wherever you download your podcasts. Same with the YouTube show as well. We post that to YouTube. Um, Subscribe to it. I look like Shrek, but it seems to be doing pretty well. We also drop that every afternoon. You know, I think you can count on a Texas-Florida State game in the not-too-distant future. Uh, That would be a conference game, I'm guessing, right now. Yeah, a conference game. It'll take a few years, I guess, to cycle through the league, but I'm guessing there'll be a Texas-Florida State conference game in the not-too-distant future. Uh, The reason, not all that surprisingly, is that Florida State is moving pretty quickly to get out of the ACC and into the SEC. And I suspect they wanted to do this before they got screwed over by some goofball committee, but they're going to fast track it now. And I think it's going to start a domino effect that could be both good and bad. It'll happen. They'll bail the ACC and they'll join the SEC and then the SEC is going to have to add another, even though they're going to pretend that they don't, won't do it, and they'll pretend that they never really cared about this, and Florida State just randomly cold-called them out of the blue. But they'll add someone else, and I'm guessing that would be either Clemson or Miami or, or both or more. And if it's both or more, expect the SEC to add another. And I think that'll all happen pretty fast. And you can't blame Florida State because they were screwed over by the stupid structure of college football today. And then they had to feel that it was SEC bias, of which I think they're right about that. They had to feel like, man, if we were in a different league and we went undefeated, if we were in that league and we went undefeated, then we'd be in the tournament, fake tournament. It's only four teams. So I don't know that anyone has a problem with them bailing on their current league and joining another. Um, and their, their position will be this. Uh, we'll make more money, and we won't get passed over again by a goofball committee. And they're going to be right about that. So what happens at the ACC? Well, if depending on how quickly it all falls apart, and it'll fall apart, it may just end up like the Pac-12. It's just a matter of how fast that happens. It's going to quickly dissolve. They'll splinter, but there's not that many places for many of them to go. And there's not that many people that want that many of them from the ACC. But I suspect once one, two, or three bail, then the others are going to have to find a place to go. Anybody and everybody that can get out most likely will get out, and that league will be screwed. So here's what's widely reported now by ESPN and everywhere else, because apparently there's a meeting tomorrow morning. Then I'm going to tell you exactly why this is kind of good, and then it's pretty awful. 
Florida State, according to Yahoo Sports, is expected to soon start the process of its long-discussed divorce from the ACC. Conference affiliation is at the center of a scheduled meeting Friday and Saturday of the FSU Board of Trustees, and the result of the meeting could produce a formal legal filing in what many describe as the first step step to achieve an exit from the ACC's binding grant of rights agreement. Uh, You know how this works with Texas. They just buy their way out. So I, I assume Florida State tries to do the same thing. They're just coming up with the money right now and trying to figure out a way to do it. The ACC agreed to its current deal with ESPN in 2016. So it's a 20-year agreement. They've got a few years left. So they're probably just simply adding up what it will cost to get out as soon as possible. And then everyone else is going to do the exact same thing. In the latest realignment move, Yahoo reports, the ACC gained Cal, Stanford, and SMU despite aggressive pushback within the conference, mainly Florida State, North Carolina, and Clemson. In other words... If you remember right, SMU had to buy, it's pathetic, had to buy their way in, into the league. So the league, in terms of football landscape, didn't add a heck of a lot. Basketball landscape either didn't add a heck of a lot. Uh, but they took some members just to probably collect a few checks. So if Florida State starts to bail, then the others follow behind. The others that are marketable and do matter... They will bail quickly, and then that thing is going to look like the Pac-12 probably in no time. Okay, this is good, I guess, and it's bad. And I can argue both sides of this. What I like, and what many of you don't like, but I I like the anarchy of this because I think the setup of college football is just a disaster. I think it's uh, illogical. I think it's ridiculously greedy. I think it's narrow-minded, and I don't think it's that entertaining. But what I do like about this is that this should, and I'm going to put it in all caps, should fast track another realignment. Now, some people would say, man, Jeff, it's not going to fast track a realignment. It's going to dissolve another league. Okay, yes, that's true. (laughs) Call it whatever you want. This will be the Pac-12 East Coast version. But it's going to fast track movement. Just like when Texas and Oklahoma did their deal. It just it started to fast-track everything because it's a sport run by greed. Um, but it's going to fast-track another realignment. It's a directionless sport with no guidance and no thought whatsoever. But it should, putting it all caps again, it should take the sport closer to a setup of 64 teams, hopefully, I argue, broken down by regional conferences. In other words, I think, it's, I think it's possible, although I don't think there's leadership. I don't think there's any thought into this whatsoever. They just run for their lives and try to make as much money for themselves as they can. But it start, it'll start to become plainly obvious. Once the SE, ACC collapses, just like the Pac-12 collapsed, and everyone's scattering looking for a place to get another check, Right. And I'm not saying you blame Florida State. I mean, one, they got screwed in the playoff, and two, they can make more money. They're just going to go. But it, it should create enough chaos, I would argue, that um, you've got a whole other repositioning. You'd have two, two leagues that have died in a fairly short amount of time. I guess they'd die in six months. So maybe it drives the sport back to a more regional appeal. The problem is, because that's the way it should be, 
The problem is the greed is getting in the way, and the greed is either blinding them or they have no vision anyway. So this is what I've argued from the very beginning, okay? And people were giddy about going to the SEC. Florida State's going to be giddy about going to the SEC. It sounds nice. sounds pretty cool. You get a couple of big games a year. But, but when you really step back, I mean, think about it. If you're a fan of fill-in-the-blank, but just say Texas, for every two big games you get, right? For Texas, what is it next year? Georgia and Florida, and that's being generous to Florida. For every two big games you get, in the case of Texas, you get a bunch of games that really aren't any better than what you had in the Big 12. In fact, you'd rather watch the bottom half of the Big 12 play against your school, your program, you're a fan of, than you would some school you know nothing about. In other words, if you're a fan, would you rather, and I I don't care what league it is, I don't care what part of the country it is, you could apply the same logic to it. So, yeah, 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 if you're in the Big 12 and you're Texas, you stayed the Big 12. Yeah, you wouldn't get Georgia. Right. You wouldn't get Florida. Okay. But you'd get Vanderbilt. You'd get Mississippi State. I mean, if you're a fan, are you, would you rather watch Mississippi State in Texas or Vanderbilt in Texas or Texas and Baylor or Texas and Texas Tech? I mean, really, what's the upside there? I mean, is it really that much appeal? Is it that much greater appeal? You wouldn't. I'm fairly certain you wouldn't. And I think the TV numbers would, would play that out. Um, would USC, for example, to take the dead Pac-12, would, would USC versus Arizona be a better draw on TV and in person, by the way, than USC versus Indiana? Or Oregon versus, uh, I don't care, fill in the blank, UCLA. Would that be a better draw than Oregon-Purdue? Oregon-Rutgers? You see my point? Yeah, yeah, you're, 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 you're cashing in or thinking you're cashing in to get a couple, you think, marquee games, but you're then replacing the bottom-level games with programs that people in your area of the country have no clue and don't care. Just, I, to me, it's a really bad idea on every level. And either this shakeup either shakes it up so much and another big league completely dissolves which I think is going to happen. I think we already know the template here. You lose a couple more programs and you just shut it down because everybody panics. Everyone that can get out, like the Pac-12, is going to get out. And the league will die. So when that league dies, the next league dies, is that going to make the shakeup where people say, wait a second here, what, what are we all doing? Why are we all running in different directions when you should just run right back to a regional conference? And that way we'd all have more appeal. I don't think they will because of greed. I can explain that one too. Um, But regional games are just going to be better. I mean, you could say, I guess you could say, well, gosh, Jeff, Florida State, it belongs in the SEC. True. Um, Okay. But think about this. Uh, Most of the games are not only bad games, but they don't have regional appeal. And it's not only better to watch and better for fans, it's much better advertising, too. My ad dollars would make a lot more sense and would have far greater justification if it's the Chevy dealers of Arizona than it would Texas v. Vanderbilt. It's just, there's no connection. You're not giving me the eyeballs that are in my backyard. The thing standing in the way of a new setup, 
right? And all the timing of this is pretty remarkable because it's exactly what the head coach of UCLA talked about just a few days ago. Now, he is one of the haves. That's Chip Kelly. So Chip Kelly is sitting here saying, we're going to go cash in in the Big Ten. We're going to go play Wisconsin. We're going to play Indiana. We're going to play Purdue. All the games that no one cares about. Just because we like the chance to play Michigan and Ohio State. But he was right. Exactly what he said is how this shakeup should happen and how it should finish up. I just don't know that it will. And you can ask yourself if it will, because I think greed eats this industry alive. And it works like this. Okay? It's greed and a lack of leadership. See, unlike the NFL, and I know it's more programs, you know, 64, 84, whatever it is. Unlike the NFL, college sports is driven by trying to get an advantage over the other program. Like, it's just this constant quest to one-up the school that's 150 miles away. You constantly, these bureaucrats are constantly trying to make more money than the other program. There's no concern for the product, or very little concern for the product, and I would say very little concern for the fan. This shakeup is not about fans at all. It's just a bunch of bureaucrats chasing more dollars so they can pay a coach more and get more stuff. And lost is whether or not you really care or want to see it. They chase every dollar because athletic directors are obsessed with making the most they can so they can beat the other guy and spend the most money possible on a coach and facilities. Now you're going to say, well, what's wrong with that, Jeff? That's the business they're in. Yeah, well, what's wrong with that is it's incredibly short-sighted. There's no leadership, no interest in making the sport bigger, and no interest in making the product better, and no interest in you, the fan. It's only about... I want mine, and I want to make as much as I can so I can beat you. Jim Kelly set it up perfectly. Part of me is optimistic that this, this greedy shakeout again, this collapse of another conference, we're basically going to have conferences collapsing on both coasts. That's what's going to come out of this, right? Um, you know, my hope is that, that more people will start to pick up on what Chip Kelly said. That is... You end up with 64 teams, okay? You're not in your league or their league or that league. You're in the league, (laughs) okay? The NFL is the brand. It's the shield. It's 32 teams. Chip Kelly is saying, why aren't we 64 teams? Why aren't we a 64-team league that negotiates all collectively? You have 64 teams. We'll call it whatever you want. You get the bureaucrats out of it. You know, college football, like, or the most, it's the most bloated industry I can think of. There's more VPs of VPs of VPs in that field than any other place. And as most of you know that function in good places, nothing works that way. So you're able to get rid of a lot of bureaucrats. You have, take your pick, six or eight leagues, doesn't matter, broken up regionally. You have eight to ten conference games. And then as he laid out in less than two sentences, you cross over to specific leagues each year. You cross over to that one one year, cross over to that one one year, just like the NFL does it. You would retain eight to ten regional games. It's better for the network, better for the fans. Just is. Makes more sense financially. So you would have a, then you would have a 16-team playoff field. 
divided up by the league winners and wild cards. You would completely eliminate the opinions of a committee. You would have a league. You'd have a league. You'd have a shield. You'd have a brand. You'd have a 64-team league or a 32-team league. And it would then be negotiating on its own with ESPN and the others, just like what the NFL does. I mean, college football is pretending it's not in the same orbit as the NFL, but it's, it's trying to position itself just like the NFL and doing a lousy job. It's a lousy job. As soon as this Florida State thing goes down, and they'll try to make it pretty quick. Heck, they might play somebody next. They might be in the league by next Tuesday. But you would think somewhere along the way, somebody at a network would say, whoa, 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 you, you bureaucrats don't know what you're doing. You're just running around trying to find the next deal. Why is UCLA playing Rutgers anyway? What do you, how stupid can you be? I can't sell advertising from L.A. to, to New, northern New Jersey. Are you guys crazy? No, no, no. Here's the way you have to do it. And then they would get their 64 teams. You'd still have your leagues. They would just not be different names chasing different dollars in far different places. I mean, it's perfectly logical and more economically beneficial. And there's two ways to look at this Florida State move. It can shake it up so badly, it ends up trying to figure itself out and make sense. Or it shakes itself up so badly, it's chaos. And the next thing you know, North Carolina is going to be playing Oregon State. That's what they'll do. These fools. These fools that don't know how to market and don't know anything. You've got an entire template of the NFL right in front of your face. And notice how nobody says, guys, 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 wait a second. Okay, Florida State, yeah, yeah you're pissed. You, you should be. First of all, can we stop with the committees who vote on opinions? Stop it. Just, just, we're ending that exercise now. Next, listen, everybody, we're all in the same business. We need to generate the most eyeballs so we generate the most money instead of you guys in bad-looking jackets go chase the next deal right down the street. You need regional matchups. The business further, I think, argue all you want, the further that sport and business gets away from regional matchups. I didn't say every game. Didn't say every game. It doesn't stop Texas from playing Michigan. It doesn't. But the more that industry gets away from regional games, the worse it is for you and the worse it is for the business. It just doesn't make any sense. This is going to be the chance to fix it. I'm betting they don't fix it. I'm betting the chaos ends up in a worse place than a better place. Disruption is good in every industry, except when you're one that's full of bureaucrats like college football. Everywhere else, disruption is healthy, and it makes you reinvent yourself, and it makes you get smarter, and it makes you get leaner. We're about to see if in college football it gets smarter or it gets crazier. Jeff Ward, weekdays on 102.7 ESPN. On 102.7 ESPN. Now back to the Jeff Ward Show. You know, it's been a while since I've been able to talk about wild animals. Now, let me do this right up front. If you're one of those morons, one of those idiots, one of those losers that likes to have a wild animal like a tiger, cobra, uh, you know, that kind of thing, you're an idiot. It's wrong. Stupid. Someone's going to get hurt. 
Hopefully it's you and not the rest of us, but that's how it goes. This is a little different. Uh, we got issues, but it's, uh, it's a little different. Look out, everyone. There's a panther on the loose. Maybe. We've got a panther sighting. <laughs> uh, we got a panther sighting. Uh, go ahead and panic. There's a black panther, according to a citizen, on the loose. Or, take your pick, or we got some hick on meth saying he's seen a panther on the loose. You decide. Here's what's reported around the country. Why does this always happen here? Why? Maybe does, does Floor? I assume Florida, you know, that's as screwed up as Texas. They've got as many fools, if not more, than we do. The panhandle of Florida is just as screwed up as the panhandle of Texas. But it feels like... It feels like we have more stupid wild animal, more stupid cobra stories than anywhere else. So, of course, yep, of course this had to be here. You ready for this? USA Today is reporting today. Gerald Hall, spelled with one R and one L. J-E-R-E-L. Gerald Hall. Gerald lives in Huntsville. Insert your jokes wherever you would like. Gerald lives in Huntsville, if you don't know where that is, uh, which 99% of you don't. That's about, what, 70 miles or so north of Houston. Uh, is it a great place? No, it's not. No. Mm -mm. Gerald lives there, and he's apparently a panther lives there, too. All right, here we go. So uh, a photo. He took a photo that has prompted a barrage of questions on social media and follow-up articles and national news outlets. Like everyone's buzzing about, oh, my gosh, there's a panther on the loose in Huntsville. So he took a picture. He posted it to Facebook. That's what you do, right? Um, it appears to show a dark-colored feline. I'm reading this now. That's larger than a house cat and has a long tail. He wrote on his posts, well, without the comma, of course, well, we have officially spotted a panther on our property. Everyone started freaking out. Oh, my gosh. Run around in circles. He tells the Houston Chronicle the photo was taken from about 120 to 150 yards away and that he estimates the, an <laughs> the animal is between 80 and 100 pounds. Let's be clear. If there were a panther in your backyard, that'd be a real problem. That'd be a bad day. Be a really bad day. Potentially a terrible day. So we got a 100-pound panther running around his neighborhood or whatever he lives on, whatever he lives on or near. He says, quote, um, Growing up, I've heard screams like a lady. But before, I've heard screams like a lady before. But typically, those are bobcats or lynx, he says. I don't know if he's implying that the panther's been eating ladies or what he means by that. If the scream of a panther, what does a panther sound like, you know? Any of you know? You know what? Gerald doesn't know either because they don't live here. Growing up, I've heard screams like a lady before, but typically, those are bobcats or lynx. He added that he previously saw a black panther... Nine years ago, chasing hogs, <laughs> hogs in his backyard. I feel like meth is involved. Do you? I feel like there's meth involved. 
One, it's Huntsville. Like, you know the rule in the state of Texas? Every mile, maybe not even a mile, east of Houston, east of Dallas, you two things happen. More meth, and you go further back in time. Like, so, like, every five miles is, like, another year back in time and more meth labs. They, like, go together. The Texas Parks and Wildlife Department is debunking his, his claim, saying there's no such thing as a black mountain lion. Here is um, Dana Carolus, who works for the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department. She says, to note, there can be melanistic bobcats. Jaguarundis is the way. Have anyone ever heard that before? Jaguarundis? Is that how you say it? Jaguar with U-N-D-I-S. She says, they're like jaguars. They have not been confirmed in Texas for many decades. In fact, they've not been documented since 1940. Hmm. So that means this panther is 75, what is it, 75, 80 years old? That thing's not moving around too much, buddy. So he's an 80-year-old panther that made its way, get ready for this, the last sighting of a jaguar undi was in 1948 in Brownsville. So it's gone from Brownsville to Huntsville. Uh, the Parks and Wildlife Department believes the animal in the photo is a house cat. Mm. That's a fat one. You know what? 100 pound, 100 pound house cat. Uh, the Parks and Wildlife Department also clarifies black jaguars do not exist in North America. No one has ever captured or killed a black mountain lion. The last confirmed sighting of a jaguar undi in Texas was in Brownsville in 1986. Slightly larger than a domestic cat, these endangered felines are mostly found in northern Mexico and central and South America. They weigh between 8 and 16 pounds and have a solid colored coat, either rusty brown or gray. In other words, the guy was on meth. Jeff Ward, weekdays on 102.7 ESPN. Hey, bro, listen to the Jeff Ward Show. Been like that, kid. I think we recorded uh, more liners on the way to school this morning. Did you get those, Brandon? Yeah. I did, although they're all Christmassy, so we're going to be able to use them for like a day, and then everyone's gone. Well, thanks for ruining that, uh, man. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> just, wow, that was really... I mean, you asked. That was festive of you. Like, you know, to the... We'll, we'll have them for tomorrow, but you won't be here. Man. I'll, I'll save them for January if you kid, want. Hey, kids, forget it. Forget the whole thing. You suck anyway. We'll be nice it. to Ed, though. We'll be nice to Ed. Oh, they got gosh. one for him. There's, there's a couple in there that may not be we'll uh, get them in holiday there, related. Uh, the tweets about the uh, the panther on the loose in Huntsville are pretty epic. Um, a lot of you are... You, you, I don't care if you're offended by my take on... L- let me break this down for you again. And I say this as a guy who grew up with his grandfather driving a trash truck in East Texas. All right? I get it. I know the time warp. You, The further east you go of Houston, I, I don't know the exact mileage per meth lab. I don't know what the calculation is. You go back in time, and then you just 
have more meth labs. I, I mean, I'm not wrong. Sorry, I'm, I'm not wrong. This is good, though. At Jeff Ward Show, every person from any state with a panhandle and exotic animal sighting should immediately be required to pass a drug test before a story is even published. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever noticed? It's like UFO sightings. This is something else I've noticed. Um, right? I mean, so have you ever looked at the, the compilation of UFO sightings? They all happen to happen in this country in very specific areas. I'm noticing all exotic wild animal ownership and sightings happens in East Texas where there's a meth lab. Don't we have the most population of lions? More tigers. than Africa? It's tigers. actually, tigers. we are second. Dallas has most we of have them. Second in the world in Bengal tigers outside of India. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Pisses me off, you meth heads. Why don't the animals eat you? They never eat the meth addict. This panther just needs to go over there and eat this hick right now to be done with it. And we'll all be fine. Who cares? Make sure you check out the Jeff Ward Show podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.